This is a Founding Media podcast. Hi, everyone. Welcome to Great Society, a podcast about people who are working to elevate the voices of others. I'm your host, Constance Dykusen. My guest today is Max Elliott, Executive Director of Urban Roots, a nonprofit that cultivates leadership skills through food and farming to transform the lives of young people and inspire, engage, and nourish the community. Max and I talked about Urban Roots' rock star farm interns, how to engage in food justice, and our favorite vegetables. Here's my conversation with Max. Welcome, Max. Thanks. Thanks for having me. Um, it's an exciting time for Urban Roots. Last year, you celebrated 10 years. We did, yeah, 10, 10 years. years. So can you, can you tell me a little bit about how you got to 10 years? It's been a long journey, mm-hmm. you know. So we were, um, so Urban Roots is a youth development organization, first and foremost. And I was originally hired to do an after-school gardening project at Webb Middle School uh, by an organization called Youth Launch, whose theory of change is about giving young people the chance to learn transformative skills through long-term group-based service. And they had very different issue areas around teenage pregnancy prevention, teenage alcohol abuse prevention, and then gardening. So very different issue areas, but with the same theory of change. And so we tried doing an after-school gardening project and getting young people excited about growing food, excited about eating the food that they were growing. And the idea was that they would donate or give back to the community with the harvest that they grew. And I love school gardens. They are amazing and important. But the kind of impact that we were hoping to have, we really didn't see at that school. We also tried it out at another middle school in South Austin. Um, And so I, I I said to Youth Launch, I said, if we really believe in this issue area, you think sustainable gardening is a great way to give young people the chance to give back to their community, I think we need to think bigger. And so I said, if you guys are willing, I'm happy to research best practices around the country. There are a couple of dozen urban youth farms, um, mostly along the coasts, um, east and west coasts, um, and New England specifically. Um, And they said, yes, you know, give it a shot. So we learned a lot uh, in the next few months. And then we had a community gathering of local farmers, educators, hunger relief advocates to say, this is what we think we want to bring to the community. What do you think? Is Austin ready for this? And then the next question is, do you want to help? And so that served as the foundation for our first community advisory council. But then we weren't done. We wanted to get feedback from young people. So we did focus groups with over 120 youth from all the East Austin public schools and said, hey, this is something we think might be good for you, but what do you think? Would you be interested in doing this? Um, And we got a lot of great feedback from the young people. And so they were excited about having a paid internship. All of our programs are paid, uh, paid internships for the youth. It's really important. Um, And they were eager and excited to get involved. And so the next thing we did was look for land, look for funding. Um, And that took about a year, all of the community engagement and, and looking for land. So our first season was in 2008. And we went to an existing farm where we just worked, uh, borrowed a field that was about an acre of land. And we did that for six months. And it was great as far as from a startup perspective because all the infrastructure was already there. So we just had to provide transportation for youth and do enough fundraising for staff and for youth stipends. 
and a little bit of farm supplies. It was a really great way to test our model. Um, and this was 2008, and in Austin, uh, there's been a lot of changes in the last 10 what years. What happened in 2008? <laughs> was that a good a year? A lot of for, things. Mm. Well, you know, the the economy nationally was mm-hmm. crashing, but mm-hmm. I think that our model really spoke to a lot of people because uh, it gave people a sense of hope and opportunity. And it was also yeah, the food good. movement was really starting to take off too. And so mm-hmm. you started to see this huge surge of interest in the local food scene, the farm to table movement, and lots of restaurants that were really doing amazing stuff. We're starting to take off, uh, creation of Edible Austin as well. Um, and so we were been, you know, started crowd surfing the, mm-hmm. that food movement. Um, so after that first year, um, we got a lot of publicity. We were kind of a, a media darling of sorts. And so we got um, in the local papers and local news stories because, again, I think they were excited to celebrate something new. Mm-hmm. Um, and when we would go out and tell our story to the community, um, every time there'd be at least a couple of people that would hang out to the back um, and they would be compelled to tell the story of what it was like when they were a child, uh, when they went to their uncle's farm for the summer, or when they used to work alongside their grandmother um, mm-hmm. harvesting beans. So these food stories are, are embedded within us. And uh, I think they, they need the right opportunity to come out. Um, and that's the beautiful thing about the spirit of our work is we're using food as this, uh, and farming as this agent of change for young people to really learn about themselves and uh, a great way to build community at the same time. So that's a little bit how we got started. That's awesome. Um, can you walk me through if a youth wants to get involved or how do they go through the application process and then what does their year look like with you or their time of service? Yeah, so we have a few different programs now. So mm-hmm. we were with Youth Launch for the first four years and then we became our own nonprofit in the fall of 2011. So we've become an independent agency since then. Um, so 10 years of programming total, mm-hmm. but we're still eight years as an independent agency. Um, And since then, we've evolved kind of a a suite of different programs. Most of them are still serving high school students. Mm -hmm. Um, The main one that we've been doing for 10 years is our farm internship program for high school students. And this is the first year it's going to be a summer program where it's going to be about seven weeks. Uh, They have to be in high school. Uh, The applicants have to fill out an application. They get a letter of reference from somebody other than their parent. And then we interview everybody that applies. Mm -hmm. Uh, And so... um, um, each year, we interview about 80 to 100 young people who are excited to work alongside us on our farm in East Austin and receive a paid uh, stipend for that. Um, That's going to be exciting. I bet I've heard yeah. that it's some of the kids' first jobs. You know, or their first time to get a paycheck or to get paid. So that's that's exciting. Yeah, it is. It's a lot of firsts, mm-hmm. you know, from first time receiving a paycheck, the first time um, being on a farm for a lot of young people, the first time they pull a carrot out of the ground and, and eat it. Mm-hmm. First time they're um, – so the farm is, is the foundation of what we do, but – we use that to do so many different things, from cooking classes to workshops about food justice and identity. Um, and then we go out into the community uh, like and, and serve um, those in need, like we go to Caritas in the summer mm-hmm. and prepare meals um, with food that they grew as well. Um, what is food justice? Can you expound on that a little bit for me, for people that don't know that term? Yeah, food justice is it's a growing uh, importance, I think. Um, the way people talk about food tends to separate. Um, so we talk about food deserts uh, a lot. People And, and people kind of get a sense of like, wow, a desert doesn't have a lot of um, things in it. And so neighborhoods that don't have a lot of access to healthy, affordable foods have been termed a food desert. Um, but that is a complicated term. Mm-hmm. Um, and so food justice is trying to think about people 
um, and thinking of as the food system doesn't feel equal, um, how can we get more people involved? And so if you think about environmental justice, um, environmental justice is about the most environmental issues that adversely affect our communities, adversely affect underserved communities and low-income communities. So low-income communities are more likely to have a greater incidence of asthma because of air pollution, or they're going to be next to um, landfills and that kind of thing, or they're going to have, like in Flint, Michigan, they have... Um, they're water contaminated. And so that's environmental justice. And so we think of food justice in the same way. Um, there are a lot of low-income neighborhoods that don't have access to healthy, affordable foods. Um, they also have high incidence of diet-related diseases. So, um, uh, and why is that? It's because the built environment um, that the cities have designed as far as sidewalks and access to parks and access to grocery stores and, um, aren't equitable. So uh, most of more affluent areas have access to those um, built environment um, it's situations that kind of support healthier eating and healthy behaviors. Um, so the youth that you work with are just absolutely tremendous. Like every time I come to the farm, they're just exceptional. They're giving tours. They're they're funny. Like they're witty. <laughs> yeah. They're ex- explaining things. They speak um, in front of lots and lots of people mm-hmm. at some of your events. Do you develop that? Do you look for pe- for kids that have that kind of innate ability? Or how do you get such amazing kids is basically what I'm asking. <laughs> uh, all young people are amazing. <laughs> I just want to celebrate that. Uh, and we really try to recruit a diverse group of young people from all walks of life. Mm-hmm. Um, so some young people uh, have uh, some strong leadership development skills already developed before they walk in the door. Mm-hmm. I would say a greater percentage of the young people we work with are a little more introverted, are a lot more shy, um, have not had a lot of leadership leadership development opportunities presented to them. But what we do well is create a very structured, supportive environment for youth to really take a lot of risks, um, positive risks. Mm-hmm. So, And they do that through really hands-on leadership development and a lot of public-facing work. So, for example, we host about 1,000 volunteers on our farm every year. And if you come out on a Saturday, and I know you do, yeah. you, get, you get your hands yeah. dirty. It's, uh, my favorite, it's my favorite volunteer opportunity in Austin, for sure, because you just get to go out and be outside. Um, hang out with people, learn stuff. You get to steal some of the food at the end. Or I know you give it away, but it feels like stealing. No. It feels like stealing because you walk away <laughs> with all this great organic kale and things, but um, yeah. but it's the best experience. For yeah, sure. and so I'm glad you have a great experience. And for the youth, it's really power- more powerful too because not only are we all working together to get a lot of work done, um, but the volunteers provide leadership development opportunities. So the youth host is MCs. They practice public speaking on the farm to about 60 volunteers and their peers. And then the crew leaders are all young people leading the adults through all the different farm tasks. Mm-hmm. So that's one way that we do that. We also sell, we donate 40% of what we grow to soup kitchens and food pantries, and we sell the rest um, at local farmer's markets. And so if you come to our farmer's market stand, you'll, it'll be led by young people as well. And so they get these um, great opportunities to practice their public speaking, customer service, farmer's market math. Mm-hmm. Farmers, farmer's markets can be pretty stressful situations mm-hmm. sometimes. And so uh, it's a great opportunity for them to develop some great social skills. Um, and then we do a lot of public speaking training. We have open houses on our farm and we have large events. And all of our events are all about giving young people the chance to tell their stories and their experiences. Um, working with youth, 
um, how do you get them excited about being outside in the Texas heat in the summer? Or how do you get them excited about food justice? Like, is there an introductory period where you kind of have to teach them? Or do you find that they're pretty open to doing the work and they, they understand the connection kind of immediately? Because I know you get really excited about food, but I don't know if, if youth do or if they don't, you can, you, can, you can tell me. Yeah, I mean, I think youth come at this um, from every different, um, lots of different places. Mm. Uh, some young people come to us excited about growing food and they want to become farmers. Um, I would say more uh, young people that we work with aren't really sure what they're getting into. I think they're uh, intrigued by a paid internship where they get to learn how to grow food. But more importantly, I think there's more interest in how to cook it. Um, young people are excited about learning how to give back to their community. Um, but food is this thing that you know, bonds us all together. We all eat. Um, mm-hmm. And every culture has a connection to land in some way. Um, but it starts with food. It starts with eating. And I think that's where uh, there's a sense of celebration in our work is because um, we have these great meals that are we create rituals around for different holidays and different days of significance. Uh, and our, our farm is that same space. Mm-hmm. So we, uh, what I say is our farm is this healthy built environment where young people are trying new foods for the first time. They've never seen a kohlrabi before or maybe never have pulled a tomato off the vine for the first time. But because the environment is kind of encouraging and supportive, they're willing to try these foods. And so it's through the eating that becomes the curiosity. The hard, the work in the fields um, is, is challenging. And mm-hmm. I think that there's a certain sense of rigor that if young people really exert themselves and they feel really tired at the end of the day, doing it with a group of their peers mm-hmm. and known, knowing that they leaned in together to get this thing done creates a sense of pride. It creates that sense of esteem. They don't come onto the farm with that. Mm-hmm. We also play lots of team building games. We have There's a lot songs. of fun. There's yeah, we games. sing in the yeah, fields. Like yeah, we play lots of games. Mm-hmm. I mean, the farm is just our vehicle. Uh, we spend less than 50% of the time that we work with young people actually doing hands-on agriculture. Mm-hmm. Um, but the time that we do spend farming, uh, it's really um, important that we focus and kind of push each other to work hard. Is there a story that sticks out to you about um, a specific student or even employee, I guess, about how food or farming transformed their view of things or how they've learned through food? Yeah. So Quincy is somebody that works with us currently. Uh, she's a great student. She came, uh, you know, with college track, you know, mind. Uh, but she really, she knew she was going to college, but she really wasn't sure what her passion was. Um, and she came to Urban Roots and agriculture just kind of woke her up in a way and uh, was so curious about how food was grown. I think the eating, I think, was she already had that, but she was curious about how things grew. And then once she saw her peers really get excited and how and how food was grown and how they could serve their community, she said, hey, I want to I want to take this back to my school. She goes to high school in Kyle. And so uh, she told her story about a vision that uh, she has to have a school garden so that she can share it with her, her students, fellow students. And uh, somebody at Urban Roots uh, in the audience said, hey, I want to support that vision. Awesome. And so they worked together and worked with their administrator and some teachers. And so now they've built a garden at their school that she's really excited about and proud of. 
That's awesome. Yeah. Um, can you walk me through, I mean, so not only are you developing all of these young people and running all of these programs, but you're also running a farm. How is kind of the business end of the farm? And kind of give me a tour of the farm, like a year on the farm, what, sure. what happens on the farm? Yeah, so our farm uh, is inherently uh, inefficient by design. <laughs> we, we celebrate inefficiency. Uh, it's about three acres of vegetables. And uh, it's it's inefficient by design because everything we do is is done by hand. I mean, we do have a tractor where we cultivate the soil um, and incorporate cover crops, um, but we plant everything and uh, all the transplants and all the seeds. We pull all the weeds. Uh, we do all the harvesting by hand, uh, and that is not the most efficient way to run a business mm-hmm. uh, or run a production farm, but our va- the value we see is for everybody to have contact with the land and to have contact with the plants so that you can get that get that deeper connection, um, then, then that's the, the value there. Um, but overall, we're growing about 30,000 pounds of produce. It's about 40 to 50 different types of fruits, vegetables, and herbs. Um, we're, the farm is in full production in the spring and summer. And then we plant some cover crops, which are things that um, help uh, plants that essentially give back to the soil. They aren't harvested for food, um, but we till them under to help nourish the, the soil. Um, and then in the fall, we do about half the farm in production. So um, many, many folks come out to the farm, and I say that our farm is um, it's, it's a community farm. And I think uh, one of my favorite farmer quotes is that the, the best fertilizer on the farm is the farmer's footsteps. Mm-hmm. And that is uh, celebrating the farmer that is really intentional and curious and spends a lot of time getting to know the land. And I think as our farm is a community farm, it becomes most alive when there's a lot of people out there that are helping nurture and, and, and um, yeah, yeah. take care of it, too. Yeah, I was going to ask, one of um, part of your mission statement is to engage and nur- inspire, engage, and nourish the community. Can you tell me why that's in your mission statement? Like the, why the community plays such a big role at Urban Roots? Yeah, so it is a two-part mission. So we use food and farming to transform the lives of young people. That's the first far- the first part. And then inspire, engage, and nourish the community is the second part. Um, our model, our youth development model is really unique in that we don't work in isolation with the young people. Um, we create a very curated experience for youth to really grow. Um, but it's the, the, the community members kind Kind of encouraging and supporting their growth that makes the youth transformation so powerful. Mm-hmm. So you, for example, going out to volunteer uh, is providing that leadership development and that audience, um, that opportunity for them to practice those leadership development and public speaking skills. Mm-hmm. Same thing that way we're at the farmer's market. Um, we could sell our produce to a, a grocery store, and we do sometimes, um, but the farmer's market is so much more impactful, I think, for our customers that are really inspired by mm-hmm. seeing young people engaged in the food movement, and it's really engaging and and powerful for the youth to get that customer interaction and to see uh, customers really uh, lit up by the the quality uh, of the produce that we're growing. Mm -hmm. And so the community uh, impact is, it helps, um, it dictates the, the youth transformation. Um, and we grow a lot of food that goes outside the farm. Mm-hmm. So we want to, we think of ourselves as a, a great vehicle for the community to really learn where food comes from. So as a volunteer, I think you walk away with, you know, learning more about seasonality of, of Austin's kind of food system and kind of farm season. Um, and we distribute, you know, 40% to soup kitchens and food pantries. So we're nourishing kind of our emergency food system network and, 
and hopefully raising awareness uh, about the importance of equitable food access as well. Mm -hmm. Um, One of the things that I think is also unique is that you have such a great relationship with restaurants and chefs and like the service industry. Like it's really fun to see how they come on the field, on to the to the farm and on the fields, and kind of seem to get inspired by the youth. Um, some of my favorite meals I've ever had in Austin have been on that farm. You guys have really magical oh, awesome. farm nights. Do you have um, a specific chef or meal or food that you really remember or connect with on the farm? I, I think um, we're f- so fortunate in Austin to have such a rich kind of uh, restaurant community, and in mm-hmm. the, the farm to table movement has has really, I think, um, it's made our work that much more powerful. Mm-hmm. And we're really fortunate that the chefs are so generous with their time uh, to come uh, work alongside youth. And a lot of young people, I mean, a lot of the chefs, uh, see themselves in the youth that we work with, mm-hmm. and they say, "Man, I wish I had this farm experience when I was their age." Um, that would have made me a better chef. Or uh, chefs have told me, hey, I needed some support when I was in high school, and this would have been perfect for me. Mm-hmm. Um, and so they're really generous with their time. Just a few weeks ago, um, Fermin, uh, the head chef over at Suerte, mm-hmm. uh, used to work over at Laundrette in La Condesa. Uh, he took a crew of our youth into Suerte's kitchen and showed them how to make masa from mm-hmm. scratch. Wow, that's special. Uh, it's super special. And it's kind of this backstage pass, like educational experience, but also talking about cultural food traditions of mm-hmm. how masa is created traditionally in Mexico. And so to be able to not only share this unique practice, but then tell the story that was really important to Fermin um, really resonated with the youth that we serve. Um, and so that was a really special treat. Yeah. yeah. Um, what's next for Urban Roots? What do you all have coming up? Yeah. So we have been operating in our current farm for the last 10 years. Uh, our farm is in a floodplain. So that means... Uh, a few years it, ago, you all had a really bad flood, right? Yeah, like 2015. Yeah, yeah, it flooded a couple of times. And a lot of places in Austin did. Uh, we're right along Boggy Creek. Um, the farm is, is a beautiful kind of refuge. It is kind of an oasis along Boggy Creek, but that limits the kind of infrastructure that we really would like to build and, and kind of inhibits us to be able to grow. So we've been looking for a long-term permanent home or a second site for a long time. And just in the last six months, uh, the Austin City Council approved uh, a resolution to give us uh, a long-term lease for a second location. That would be about nine acres in southeast Austin. Um, and it's uh, for two 15-year lease terms. That's so great. we're thrilled to start that process to work in southeast Austin. We haven't really worked in southeast Austin. We've been primarily focused in central east Austin. Um, the farm is adjacent to Dove Springs on uh, 78744. And uh, that neighborhood has been designated as uh, that has, um, it does not have a grocery store mm-hmm. and it has limited access to healthy, affordable foods. And so we're excited over the next couple of years to really get to know that neighborhood and um, create a, a youth led community engagement process to build some strong relationships, to I, um, explore some collaborations, um, and then also to think about how we can distribute produce from our current farm, but then also the future farm to see how we can address some of the food access needs there. Yeah. 
Um, if people want to get involved in the food justice movement, I know you, you were inspired by other farms, and I know that you've spawned mm. other projects as well. But how do you how do you recommend people get involved in the food justice movement? Yeah, you know, every city has a has a different way to get involved and engaged. Um, we're fortunate that we have a handful of um, food organizations that are doing this kind of work. Um, in Austin, Sustainable Food Center is, is doing some of this work. Like nationally, I'm really inspired by the uh, Food for Black Thought. They're doing some really interesting work work. Uh, we're based here. Now they're in Milwaukee. Um, Soul Power Farm is, is a group out in the East Coast doing really interesting work. Um, but, uh, you know, you can learn about what we do on our website at mm-hmm. urbanrootsatx.org. And as I said, there's a couple of dozen youth farm programs scattered around the country. Mm-hmm. And we have uh, informal uh, gatherings and conferences every every so often. And so it's, it's empowering for young people doing this work in somewhat isolation mm-hmm. uh, within their communities to, to connect with youth from other cities too. As consumers, how should we be thinking about food like at the grocery store? Or should mm. we only go to farmer's markets? Or how should we think about food as, as consumers and as purchasers? Yeah, I think farmer's markets are a great way to um, connect with the grower and, and really get that direct sales. I mean, farmers um, really thrive on, on the, that's the greatest market opportunity for them. But to me, uh, food is really about relationships. And I think the value of a local food community is that we get a chance to connect with the growers um, and the growers can connect with the consumers. Um, and so, yeah, you can kind of get a, a deeper story. I mean, I think food has a chance to nourish us in more ways than one. And uh, getting to know the farmer and the farming community is, is a great way to do that. So farming, uh, the farmer's markets are a great way to do that. Um, you can look at, uh, find local produce in, in local grocery stores as well. Um, and, and organics is a, is a great label, um, but organic can mean something that's grown halfway across the world mm-hmm. and might not have the kind of sustainable impact um, just because it has an organic label. Okay. Yeah. This is the most important question I will ask you. <laughs> what is your favorite vegetable? My favorite vegetable? It's okra, hands oh, down. Really? Yeah. It's so hard to pick. I've learned that at the farm. Like, I know. It's so sticky and it makes you itch. Yeah. Are you wearing gloves and long sleeves? Yes. I, they tell me to, so I do. <laughs> but it still always ends up, I end up walking away itching. That's true. So. I, I like harvesting it because you're standing up. Yeah. So it's easier on my back. I think the flowers are beautiful. Mm-hmm. It's related to hibiscus and, and cotton. It's in that kind of mallow family. So it's really pretty, too. Mm-hmm. As far as okra goes, I love it uh, fried, of mm-hmm. course. Uh, grilled is mm-hmm. amazing. Tastes like popcorn. And I love to pickle it as well. Really? Pickle? Yeah, That's it's so good. Yeah. Interesting. You didn't ask, but kale is my favorite vegetable. Oh, yeah. But, yeah, but that's good one of my favorite things to walk away with from Urban Roots. Um, so my last question is a question that I ask everybody. How do you define success for yourself, for the work of Urban Roots? Is it youth involvement? Is it dollars raised? Is it pounds of food grown? Like, how do you evaluate and measure your program? Mm. We evaluate it in lots of ways. Uh, So um, for young people, we really are measuring um, gains of knowledge and perceptions around uh, life and job and leadership skills. Um, Are they getting uh, healthier relationships with food? And do they feel um, that they have a sense of social responsibility? So that's kind of some of the outcomes that we're asking uh, young people. Uh, so we do that through pre- and post-tests. We also uh, do focus groups with young people to kind of really get a anonymous perspective of their experience with us. We do 
post surveys with parents so that we can get a sense for how the parents experienced the, their youth's time at Urban Roots. Mm-hmm. Do they um, see a lot of transformation? Always. Or, yeah. Uh, yeah, the parents are always saying, wow, they take up so much. They take more responsibility at home. That's great. Uh, they bring home vegetables. Youth get to take home as much produce as that they mm-hmm. want. Um, so the, the parents are always glowing. It's like, wow, I, I would have paid for this experience for my young person. <laughs> Maybe that's, I don't know. Maybe you should look into that. <laughs> Um, but uh, so that's that's kind of how we measure a little bit. We do, you know, hold ourselves accountable to certain outputs. So we do set annual production goals, and we've made a commitment to donate forty percent of what we grow to soup kitchens and food pantries. And so that's a that's an organizational commitment. Um, but for for us to really to define success, it's that this work is transformative for youth. Um, okay, that was my second to last question. Then I guess what, can you give me an example <laughs> of a youth that has really has changed their perspective, gone on to do a career in something kind of related to gone on to take a program, take a class, work in a restaurant, anything like that that really kind of inspires you? Yeah. Um, So uh, I'll just talk about Breeze, for example. Um, Breeze was with us in 2008. Uh, He had emancipated himself when he was in high school. Mm -hmm. So he did not have a lot of support that a lot of um, other students that we were working with did. Um, he was going to an alternative high school here in town. And uh, it was a stretch for him to show up every single day um, and to be on time. And we worked with him, uh, and he grew a lot. And he is this uh, uh, very dynamic and engaging young person who, when he walks in the room, mm-hmm. um, everybody... Doesn't he rap or flow? Or, exactly. I think I've heard him perform. Yes, and he's you've seen him cool, perform. Yeah. So before he uh, started rapping, uh, one of the things that he did was uh, we have a celebration, a family feast that kind of celebrates the end of the season and all the youth's accomplishments. And to celebrate his crew or his group's uh, achievements, he, he performed a rap. Um, and so... Uh, we like to say that th- that stage on the farm is the first stage that he mm-hmm. performed on, and that kind of launched his rap career, his hip-hop career. Um, and he's gone on to uh, gain a lot of confidence um, in his performative skills. Um, he's gotten involved in a lot of other local organizations and has traveled to uh, Africa to volunteer. He's uh, been on tour with this hip-hop troupe in uh, France and done collaborations there. Um, and he's also been to the San Quentin prison uh, to perform and to also kind of um, provide support for prisoners there. And so the kind of public speaking or um, kind of embodied presence that I think that he gained at Urban Roots has really served him and in such an inspiring way for me. Well, thank you for that story and thank yeah. you for your time today. I really appreciate it. And I look forward to my my next meal on the farm. I yeah. Know what it's going to be, but it's always great. So. Yeah, I look forward to having you out there again. Thank you very much. Yeah, you're welcome. Thank you. Thanks so much to my guest, Max Elliott. To follow Max and Urban Roots, go to urbanrootsatx.org. We will put the link in the show notes. The Great Society team includes me, Constance Dykusen, producer Mariah Gossett, and audio engineer Jake Wallace. Thank you to everyone at Founding Media for your support. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button so you never miss an episode, or maybe leave us a review on iTunes to help other folks find the show. Thanks for listening. Thanks for listening.